Thanks for listening to the AI and IT Ops podcast brought to you by New Relic. This is episode six, the express version. For all things application performance management, AI ops, digital transformation, and more, check out www.apmdigest.com. Our guest today is Mark Thiel, co-founder and CEO of Edgevana. And now, your host of the podcast, industry veteran, consultant, and analyst, Andy Thurai. Welcome to the AI and IT ops podcast. I am Andy Thurai, founder and principal at thefieldcto.com, home of unbiased emerging technology advisory services. Edge is everywhere, and AI is moving to the edges. At least that's what my good friend, Mike Thiel, says. He also recently launched a company called Edgewana, so I invited him to discuss that with our viewers. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Andy, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. This is a perfect topic for today. Right. So let's start off with the big news you had a few days ago. What's this uh, Edgevana Nirvana? What problem are you trying to solve? Our original sort of our platform quest was to make the world's data center capacity available and consumable in ways that historically it has not been. For traditional co-location data centers that generally speaking measure in a megawatt to a couple of hundred megawatts for the very largest of the campuses, there are around 8,000 in the world. And if you remove the largest providers from that 8,000, there are still about 6,500 and so trying to buy data center space in Lagos, Nigeria, or Qatar, or Marseille, France, or Boston, or trying to buy all of them can be a real time-consuming activity. Even if all you need, and you know, saying all you need does a disservice to people that build complex environments like a data center, but even if all you need is white space, power, and cooling for some compute you plan to distribute or buy and locate there, it can be a very, very time-consuming task and one fraught with risks. And you know, from my perspective, as a longtime practitioner in the IT space, I see time to value as critical in almost every single activity. If you've decided a project is worth pursuing, every minute you don't complete the project is lost opportunity. Lost opportunity to save money, lost opportunity to make money, maybe lost opportunity to do both. And so what I'm trying to do is reduce the time to value for customers who are looking to globalize while giving them a wider selection of options in the data center and global infrastructure space. Effectively, we want to make it easy. We want to make it like shopping to be able to go and buy the resource that you need and do it as quickly as possible. Mark, I want to define something because the term edge means a lot of things to a lot of people. How do you define edge? Yeah, I mean, for me, defining edge is getting the work next to where the consumption is. Right. And so where the combination of economics and value to the customer or system makes sense, you put the compute and the infrastructure as close to the action as you possibly can. And so that to me is edge. So, Mark, a few years ago, we were talking about IT and then we started talking about AI. Okay, And then edge came along. Fine. What is this confusion about AI moving to the edges? Is it uh, just a crazy talk or what? I think it really depends on your perspective. Some people don't believe AI actually exists or can exist at the edge. My perspective is that some people are actually solving for AI at the edge already, but edge is to be defined by the customer, really, right? And so if your definition of edge is a Raspberry Pi on a light post or a sensor on a shop floor, then maybe that isn't the place specifically for AI to exist or to actually function in its full feature set. 
But if your idea of edge is a rack full of high density servers in front of a significant amount of storage from data being collected on a second by second basis at the edge, and this environment is you know within five or 10 milliseconds of that edge of sensors and uh, customers using special devices, et cetera, et cetera, then that's still edge. And there's absolutely no reason why AI wouldn't be in that environment as a solution for the customer and as a solution for the operator. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Actually, uh, in the last episode of the podcast, Mac Devine from IBM, he made a bold statement saying that almost about 75, 80% of the data loses its value in a matter of milliseconds. No, it's, it's absolutely true. And, you know, if you and I had had this conversation in my earlier days of Edge, which was, you know, 2015, 2016 timeframe, I would have said latency, 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 latency. And to some degree, latency is still the king relative to speaking about edge deployments. What's really interesting, I believe, is to your point about data and the validity of data is that you have two things driving the value of the edge. And beyond the fact that you get better access to customers and you get better access to solving problems in in environments and manufacturing, all those things are true. But from an output from edge standpoint, your big value is collect as much data as possible and provide as quickly as possible workable or usable results from that data. So that goes to your point about Well, how much of that data is actually useful? I would agree that 75% or more of it is lost in value if you don't use it right then. It's also true that an even higher percentage gets lost if you don't use it for days or hours. And so you're getting down to the point where, you know, you may only have 5% data value. And when you combine that with the idea that you're then paying extra to put it on some high bandwidth connection to centralize it somewhere because you're not doing it at the edge, You're magnifying the impact of negativity, both from a customer performance standpoint, because you're giving them an application that now has poorer performance and you're getting less value from the data that you're paying more to centralize. So in real terms, my perspective is based on network design, based on infrastructure design and usage characteristics, in many cases, people will benefit from latency at the edge, not because they need latency improvement, but because the best way to solve the problem is to have the data as close to the problem space as possible. That's a key. You know, solving the problem using the data that's closest to the problem space as possible. I agree. Right. Uh, so I keep hearing about this uh, lowering the barriers to entry or, or breaking assumptions or things like that you keep saying when it comes to the edge uh, concept. When I speak about lowering the barrier to entry from a really big picture perspective, Oftentimes, I see all of the solutions, well, not all of them, but many of the solutions that are waiting to happen, but can't, not because they wouldn't be useful, not because someone wouldn't benefit from them, but because realistically, the tech isn't available to support or the, or the volume of access, one of those two or both, are not available to support a monetarily successful implementation of the tech. So in theory... Everything we love about the internet was waiting to happen in 1989, just like it was in 1999. But in 1999, the lowered barriers to entry were more people had access to reasonably priced internet at home, more people had devices that actually used internet services while they were mobile, laptops and things like palms and stuff like that. And so you created a market and that lowered the barrier to entry for other people to enter the market and create a value-driven economy and marketplace that just attracted more people who could enter because again, their barriers to entry were lowered. And so for me, 
I see edge development as an opportunity waiting to happen. And its problem is that the vast majority of the opportunities facing the edge right now, I believe, are waiting to happen no differently than the App Store for Apple or the Android Store for Google were waiting to happen. But how was this new concept of edge, given that we just went through the IoT wave not too long ago, is developing and fitting with the enterprise IT infrastructure? I wouldn't say that we've gone through the IoT wave. From my perspective, the opportunity for IT and for infrastructure at the edge is in two big categories, twofold. One is infrastructure that is meant to support applications and user experience delivered with low latency and better localized analytics to some degree to the problem we were talking about earlier for data. And the distinction I make there is that it might be infrastructure like that looks very similar to the infrastructure that might be found in a Google data center or in a large enterprise data center, but it's deployed at the edge somewhere. And so this is just IT infrastructure deployed, managed more effectively to provide distinct and improved, a more engaging customer experiences, among other things, or solving for problems where a manufacturer has uh, partners and the partner information has to be kept off-site, but has, still has to be local and low latency, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of, and lots of, of different options there. Where the other part of Edge is from an infrastructure standpoint, and then it, it goes back to what kind of tools do you use from an IT perspective to support it, are all the different sensors, camera sensors, car sensors, uh, cameras in cars, LIDAR in cars. The list goes on and on to cover any one of a million different options from smart buildings to smart homes to smart parking lots, et cetera, et cetera. And so that infrastructure is made up by and large of individual devices or pools of devices that solve for a problem at the edge. What happens behind it, though, is where some of the real opportunity is for many of these environments because Historically, it's not that we couldn't have put devices in a hotel or in an events center, right? So for me, that combination of sensors and devices in that building supported by high value edge infrastructure on the ICT side, things like servers and network devices and storage devices, et cetera, et cetera, are kind of the second portion of this edge infrastructure at scale. The AI and ITOps podcast will be back shortly. I'm Pete Golden, the publisher of APM Digest, and I just want to take a break for a minute to talk to you about New Relic, the sponsor that brought you this podcast today. New Relic has done something a little out there. They reworked everything. See, they've been actually listening when people talk about blind spots or being stuck with a dozen different tools or getting hit with hidden costs. First, they went open source, making it so you can actually instrument what you need. Then they made it so you can monitor your whole stack in one place, including serverless. You can use telemetry data from any source for ridiculously cheap, and there's one UI with all your tools. And they completely changed their pricing so you can easily predict it. This is advantageous because who has time to troubleshoot their bill? Best of all, there's a free tier with one user and 100 gigabytes per month, totally free. So you can really make sure it works before you pay a dime. New Relic is definitely worth another look. Check it out at newrelic.com. Observability made simple. And now back to the podcast. So what happens, Mark, is when you have the edge proliferation into the IT mix, the operations becomes very complex, particularly when you have divergence in both OT and IT. 
Uh, do you see it just an opportunity to help uh, with AI ops, which is trying to solve some of those problems, or do you think it's adding more issues to it? It's a great question. So when you think about edge and you go back to your point about breaking assumptions and lowering barriers to entry, this is a great segue, I believe, is that if I want to deploy and I'm debating the, the cost of something, that consideration, how I think about how I'm going to deploy and what assumptions I carry there are likely going to determine whether I think that there's a successful opportunity or not to deploy at the edge, right? I'm going to look at it. I'm going to go, okay, it's going to cost me this many people. It's going to cost me this much hardware. It's going to cost me this much networking. It's going to take this much time, this much due diligence, yada, 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 all that stuff. And so I'm going to say, it's not going to be worth it. I'm not going to do it. So that's why I say you need to break assumptions and challenging those assumptions for fun isn't the point. Challenging those assumptions because doing it another way is both more sustainable and more cost-effective is what's important. You can challenge the assumptions on what type of network to use, where to get that networking from. You can challenge assumptions for how a piece of hardware will get replaced or not get replaced. Those are the kinds of challenging of assumptions that I, when I think about moving to the edge and getting there more quickly and more cost-effectively, those are the things I think of. And I think those things are important because I'm a huge believer that differentiation at the edge with the customer is a clear and present opportunity for every company. And once some companies do it with apps that work just fine, which is what everybody says today, and they get them at 10 milliseconds or 15 milliseconds instead of 80 or 120 milliseconds, all of a sudden, just fine won't be just fine. And now you've got a competitive advantage. As hard as the AI ops market is, the implementations of uh, AI ops being put to use is, is still very nascent, very initial stages. Why do you think that is? One of the biggest problems that I've faced in advising companies in the cell space for IT infrastructure solutions in general is that the more narrow the focus of the solution, the more likely you are to find the buyer, right? And many of the solutions that people are trying to sell into the data center space are actually for the data center, meaning they're for everything that makes the data center what it is, the entire ecosystem of power supply and cooling supply and space and efficiency and the servers that are in them and the performance of those servers, et cetera, et cetera. The problem is, is that for the vast majority of companies, there's nobody that owns that story. There's somebody that owns the air conditioning. There's somebody that owns the power delivery. There's somebody else that might own the facility. And then there's the IT manager who has the controls to the door and makes requests of facilities for changes but there's not really anyone that actually owns the entire data center. And so it's really hard to find the buyer. And you have the added problem, especially with things like AI ops or infrastructure as code, is that for those organizations which aren't putting a demand for 50% you know, year-over-year improvement, without that demand, people see the job they have of deploying infrastructure with whatever tools they use. They see that as part of what makes them important in their job. And why would they want to get something that makes that easier? Many organizations turn IT folks into heroes because they come in at two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and fix a problem. And unfortunately, while that person may in fact be a hero, they may also be intent or otherwise the firefighter that starts fires to get glory. But in many cases, it's not like the folks are doing it on purpose, but because they're not incented to break and fix things for the better, they're incented to keep what they have going without bringing new risk. That, no, that's a, that's a good point about, uh, you know, so you should be, you know, motivated to find problems and fix it as opposed to continue procedure as is and uh, because you have a SOP in place and don't improve it. And then some of those procedures may be, you know, very outdated. 
and your technology changes on a weekly or monthly basis and your SOP may be about a year dated. So are we really as efficient as you're supposed to be? And so if you're complacent and you don't notice that it takes, you know, two hours to do something when it should take five minutes, or it takes four hours to discover the root cause of a problem instead of 30 seconds, and nobody else is telling you why that's wrong, then it just becomes the norm. And so unfortunately for a lot of these solutions and AI ops are a great example, I believe it really has to come from a culture driven by improvement, driven by individual employees looking for their next job, not looking to be the best deployment artist in the world. I'm doing a report now um, recently for an analyst firm. And, uh, you know, I took uh, account of, you know, how many of the firms that our companies, vendors rather, uh, claim themselves to be AI infused, AI enhanced, AI powered, AI assisted. Yep. Are we overusing the term AI, especially when it comes to IT operations? Or is it really you think it's it's adding a value as it suggests it does? Well, you could be invisible and never talk to or you could use AI when you're really just a smart decision tool, right? I don't know what the right answer is. There are a ton of tremendously valuable decision-making tools out there that aren't necessarily true AI that still could bring a large value to an enterprise. In reality, it's what solution does it deliver is what's important rather than whether you believe it's AI, right? And Or whether it actually is AI. I would urge folks that are looking at tools that claim to be AI, not so much about whether they are true AI, but whether they can truly meet the expectations that they suggest are true about the product and how will that help you. All right. So assuming that we follow this and spend a bunch of money to implement this, how do you think the IT infrastructure will look like given the multi-cloud, hybrid cloud, cloud ops, edge expansion scenarios and say about five years? Will AI be effective not only for the current, but also for the future IT operations? I'll make a simple statement with a couple of bullets to it. In five years, if you're owning any kind of infrastructure in a scaled distributed environment like you just described, or you could call it a distributed hybrid environment you know, or any combination of things, Anybody that's still owning real infrastructure and delivering services from that, if they're not using AI and something like an infrastructure as code platform, they're, they're, they're not going to make it. It's just that simple. They're not going to make it. They're not going to be able to be cost competitive. They're not going to be as responsive to customers. They're not going to be able to manage against trends of usage. I believe AI ops will be everywhere or you will be failing if you're attempting to do scale. Thank you so much, Mark, for agreeing to be on our podcast and for the great conversation. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it and uh, always enjoy the chat. So you heard from Mark. Do you agree, disagree, or if you have an opinion, let me know. Let's discuss this further. Also, if you'd like to be part of our podcast, let me know that as well. Until next episode, so long and stay safe.